What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of V2 Sports Weekly Recap. We had a very upset-filled weekend, well, in terms of other conferences as well, but we had two huge ones in the SEC, so let's go ahead and start with one that everybody enjoyed watching. Let's talk about the team that's going to the SEC championship game, LSU, losing to Texas A&M. How do y'all feel about that? Going from a projected New York Six Bowl to the Citrus Bowl for LSU. But uh, I have no idea how how you are in this game with A&M. You are, you are so immensely better than A&M. But A&M absolutely demolished you. you it, they proved why you shouldn't have been... You, you shouldn't have been having this hype in the first place. We should have realized that after Tennessee blew you out. We should have realized that early on. But guess what? You you got lucky. You got lucky. You beat Bama. You you did that. I, I'll give you credit for that. That that made me owe Jason 22 more bucks. But let, let's be real here. LSU is not that good. L, LSU got rocked by, by probably the worst team in the SEC right now. And, you know, you can make an argument for Vanderbilt. You can make an argument for Texas A&M. I think it's Texas A&M. But... Texas Jack, A&M beat you this high key facts. Texas LSU, A&M beat I, this I, team. Not even beat them. They blew them out. They made them look like I don't know. They they made them look like they were on a Vanderbilt level. Texas A&M hasn't put 38 points up all season including against the F, the FCS teams. I mean like they only put 31 on Sam Houston. <laughs> I mean, all what, of y'all thought I was lying and joking when I said that, at least at least most of us have that LSU's been an overrated team. I mean, we've seen it through half of their SEC games this season, and this was just the ultimate deciding factor. Yeah, but let, I mean, let's be they, real here, Mohammed, uh, uh, Moose Mohammed, man, I I don't even have any words. Did you guys see what he did? It's like well, every single play again, he had. It's not surprising. He's the best receiver on their team, and I've been saying that constantly. You did say that. You did say that. Yeah, I, like, I'll give you credit for that. Thank you. No. Thank you. Uh, yeah, like, but. Dude's crazy, but I, at the end of the day, this was just a game that Texas A&M wanted more. Their seniors, their freshmen, they all rallied the troops and basically said, we're not losing. We are not going to be jokes in this game. I even said it last. I hinted at it last week in the, the um on, on, on the, the field, field. but difference is i still said lsu was gonna squeak out a win but apparently not apparently that theory did um come to fruition ultimately lsu showed they are not just overrated they are extremely overrated and i would love to see them rematch somebody like fsu in a citrus bowl so then we could see them lose again and finally show that Beating a poverty Alabama team doesn't automatically make you the best team yeah. in the SEC. You, and I you, really can't wait to see Georgia lay a beat down against that team. Dude, LSU should LSU should have lost so many games. Yep. Like they, they should have lost the Auburn game. They should have lost the Arkansas uh, game. The Arkansas game. They should have lost in the first if Mississippi yeah. State held Mississippi on. Mississippi State was up 17 to nothing in the first half. I think it was 16 to nothing. Same thing. The point is, LSU is just, they've won one good game, which was Bama. And even then, this was the worst Bama team we've seen in a decade. Like, I do not understand how they are still ranked in the top 15 right now after that embarrassing performance. I mean, I want you to keep in mind, the Minutemen almost beat 
um, Texas A&M. And yet, I wouldn't be surprised if we threw UMass at LSU in just a random game, and it was close. I'm saying LSU would win, but the fact that I'm even saying it's possible for it to be close is embarrassing. Yeah, and the, uh, my only thoughts on this game, wow. Like, wow. Yeah. It was entertaining for sure. Uh, yeah. Hunter, you got anything? I guess not. I guess not. So this game surprised me, okay? Jimbo Fisher, like I've said, will not get fired, okay? All A&M fans were hoping and praying that they'd lose this game by a blowout. And then what happens? Jimbo just dials up something crazy, pulls it out of his ass, beats LSU. Like, what are you supposed to do about that? How do you explain to the board and your athletic director? Yeah, I was just, I was just goofing around all year, just, just pulling a little silly on you. He should still be on the hot seat at the end of the day. I mean, getting one win versus an overrated LSU team at the end of the season and still missing bowl eligibility in the process. I mean, come on now. It's you're still you still suck. You're still a bad coach. It's just you had a good win. Anybody can have a good win. Yeah. I mean, let's be real. All right, so let's go ahead and move on to another game. Let's go ahead and talk about Mizzou and Arkansas. Now, I I told you I thought Missouri was going to win, didn't I? I'm pretty sure I said that. I think most of us did, honestly. But um, Missouri, I, I'd like to say Brady Cook dominated this game. Love it played out of his mind too, and he he apparently uh, as of uh, yesterday I believe uh, as of today actually he hit the transfer portal, uh, and uh, he he's had an amazing season. Brady Cook played out of his mind uh, as I just stated. He had 18 carries for 138 rushing yards. Not just that, every big play he had on his own. They had uh, 242 passing yards out of the sophomore. Uh, from St. Louis, but I think I think Brady Cook is one of the more underrated uh, quarterbacks in the conference. He might be a little mid most of the time, but he he really isn't that bad when he's on. I, I truly think this was his game. This was his time to shine. Uh, Missouri's defense looked a lot better than uh, the points showed. They they forced a lot of turnovers in clutch times, and they play they played their hearts out and got to bowl eligibility. That's the. Thing I'm most happy for is the fact that I was I was skeptical about the game. I think I did say Missouri would win. I'm, don't quote me that. I'm not 100% sure. But point is, I was still iffy because there were so, this this like Missouri. If they played this game three weeks ago, they would have lost because that's what Missouri was. It was always making the game close, almost winning, but then just shooting yourselves in the foot and losing the game at the end of the day. Yet finally. Finally, when it, the most important game of your season, because it defines whether you get bowl eligibility or not, you take the win and still have a chance to end up with an above 500 record. So the fact that they finally got past the Missouri culture of coming close and losing to coming close and winning, hats off. Hats off to the seven Missouri fans who went to that game. Okay, it's, it was it's a struggle to get my dip. In the stadium through the metal detector, so um, I had me a uh, nice celebratory dip, but that's, uh, how that's was, not even a factor. Well, how was did you end up meeting Ray Ann at the game? 
What do you mean that I end up meeting her? That's my daughter. Uh, well, I mean, she'd be messing around with the others back at the uh, old campus, so at times you might not be able to see her during the game as she might be... Uh, she didn't even get well, the college genius. She's a lady of the night. Oh, uh, well, okay. Well, I guess you could say she, this. Missouri's... Well, you could say that Missouri's blowing leads and she's blowing something else. Let's just well, like, keep it like that. We, we were hoping that Drinkwitz would get fired and it would maybe be like Hugh Freeze or something. That way, you know, he'd be her go-to. She'd get the free, you know, she'd get a free scholarship. She'd technically be on the team or for the team or however the hell you want to say it. But it'd still work, free college. But let's go ahead and move on to the next <laughs> game. Let's talk about Georgia and Georgia Tech. Why was Georgia so close in this game in the first place? I don't care what you say. Georgia struggled. Georgia struggled because, heavily because in this for, game. Because be Georgia's right. beatable. Michigan is the best team in the country. I, I will okay. go and say okay. it. Being, okay. No, I'm being dead serious when I say that. Georgia, through the last three or four games, has made it extremely unnecessarily close. There but was Kentucky. They, hey, hey. There was this game. There was Mi- Mississippi State in the first half. There are so many times where this team's offense should have just blown the defense out of the water, and they struggled. And I think Mis- Michigan can be a team who will capitalize in the first half and say, you know what? We don't care. We're not. We're gonna accept the fact that you're gonna suck in the first half, and you know what? We're gonna we're gonna win because of that. We're gonna let your first half sucking be the definer for whether we win or lose a game, because yeah, they've but, gotten lucky in the fact that all of these first half um, poor offensive good performances teams, have been against up, bad teams. Against I, good I don't teams, know. Georgia I mean, even up. in the Tennessee game, Tennessee technically came back, and that offense wasn't really doing much the whole game. I mean, and if you look at the second half, that wasn't crazy from their offense. I mean, it was 27 points total, and most of it was from the first half. I, I think Georgia is just a beatable team now. Like, after that Tennessee game, I thought, yeah, nobody's beating this. Game over. You might as well just write this off. Georgia's winning the championship. I do not think that anymore. Matter of fact, if you put USC against them, despite USC's poor defense, if they could just do decent against Georgia's um, offense— I think USC has a hey, chance too. USC, uh, USC, Caleb needs to Williams, beat Utah the Heisman winner. Hey, USC needs to beat Utah first. That's true, but considering yeah, Florida did it, I feel like that's not impossible. Hey, but they haven't. They didn't. They have not beaten Utah. They have not. They haven't beaten them. I mean, what more do you want from them? They they play again, and it, I think it's at a new. Is is it at neutral or is it at USC? It's gonna be a uh, neutral site. I'm waiting on Rose. Oh. It's the Rose Bowl, so t- or you know what? It's like having a Super Bowl as your home team, like with the Bucks versus the Chiefs. It's gonna still be fifty fifty, even though you get right. your field. All right, listen. Yeah, but I think Utah wins again. All right, so my take for this game, I don't care how you see it or how you looked at it. Yes, George is beatable, but if you watch the game. At least give a little bit of props. I understand we're an all-SEC podcast. Georgia Tech went from one of the worst teams, like production-wise, everything. And this yeah. game I just saw against Georgia, they did a damn good job. They, 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 did, a, they did a good job versus they, UNC, too. They did well in the first half. Georgia Tech had somewhat of a comeback. Hey, I'm that, telling that you. quarterback George, with the hard-to-pronounce hey. last name, he's going to be him. Foma, Foma, fact, uh, he's Foma. leaving. <laughs> he's yeah, in the they, transfer portal. No, he's yeah. not. <laughs> 
Yeah, Did he is. enter too? I thought, I thought Sims Georgia just entered. Oh, wait. Well, oh, you know what? I'm thinking of Sims. You're right. Say, My bad. No. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sims did leave. I think he was injured for most of the year, though. He got injured like week five or six. But let's yeah. go ahead and move his on. Name is, his name is Tyson Foma... Something. You just got me a nice $200 fine with you messing up that man's last name. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. My bad. But um, it's all good. Let's go ahead and talk about a game that we we basically covered a lot last week for no reason. It wasn't our marquee matchup, none of that. Let's go ahead and talk about FSU and Florida. What the okay, hell? FSU, FSU almost explain. blew this lead. Florida, a- uh, hey, Florida was without, like, uh, all of their receivers, Five. and still Anthony Richardson carried that team on his back. Here's mm. what but, happened. I wouldn't really I put it all on Richardson. I'd put it like, on that running back no. room. When I saw oh, when yeah. I saw this game, Trevor I ET had a newfound like respect for Florida because in the first half, wide receivers dominated, especially number one. He went insane. And it's although all- I do think that showed FSU just has a not so great secondary and the bit of a raid in that respect, at the end of the day, they still played out of their minds in the first half. However, second half, Norvell makes some adjustments and um, puts more zone. And then the wide receivers aren't getting as many touches as they should be. Therefore, they move to the run game. What happens? Florida runs the ball down FSU's throat. And I think that that might have shown Florida is they have hope. They're not a team that you just need to write off for next year. They actually will be maybe pretty solid next year. Yeah, I mean, but they, they yeah, almost I know, I know. stole a win hey, versus a really all, good all team saying, at Dope Campbell Stadium. Hey, hey all I'm saying is that they were heavily injured. They, they played their hearts out, but we have to see the transfer portal, what they lose, what they gain. We cannot... Yep. We, it will we be will losing have, Anthony Richardson a good bit of the O-line. At yeah, that, that's why I'm saying uh, we have to wait and see because, like, you could say, yeah, don't write them off for next year, but they could lose their entire roster. It's true. I will say... Anything can again, happen. Anything STC can happen. podcast, but Jordan Travis, man... <laughs> That Jordan Travis, bro. A performance that, that, and a run, half. that that first half performance is one of the best from a quarterback I've seen. Yeah, I mean that was that's a Heisman performance. That was Spencer Rattler versus Tennessee in a nutshell, <laughs> but more on the ground than throwing the air. Yeah. No, Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson performed awful in the third I quarter. Mean, yeah. Went 0 for 11. That insane stat that was like it was midway through the fourth quarter and the announcers kept shoving it down our throats. Anthony Richardson still hasn't completed a pass since the second, like midway through the second yep. quarter. Yeah, we get that. Yeah. They, they ran a the thing lot. Is, that now. wasn't his fault. They just ran the ball. They didn't need to throw it. They only needed yeah. to run it. It yeah, worked. They were, he was 0 for 12 on like 12 passing attempts. He carried them until the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter and third quarter. He played awful. Awful. Yeah, I, the thing, the one thing that Anthony Richardson does not have, which I think will really hurt him in the NFL, is a clutch gene. Whenever it is a like important series or drive, he will crumble. And the only time yeah. I've ever even seen him do all right was the drive that got Florida close to beating Vanderbilt, like the second to last drive of the game. Other than that, any time he's in a crucial down. He does not do super well. And yeah. like that that could hurt his 
I don't think it's going to hurt his draft stock, but I do think once he gets in the NFL, if he ever has to deal with a situation like that, he will not be prepared whatsoever. He lacks self-confidence in a way. Uh, He does. And, uh, you know, I just want to say that this was a very interesting game. I loved watching this. I loved watching That was an instant classic. That that was a rivalry classic. That that game... That game That's why we me, watch Rivalry Week. Yeah, That's why we yeah, watch that, college football. That game made me feel like, man, some of last week has really came back to this week. And yeah. this weekend will be great. All right, so let's go ahead and cover the Iron Bowl. Um, one of the things that got me about the Iron Bowl, Cadillac Williams. Okay, I don't care if they hire him, keep him on as head coach or not. That team did not give up, even though they were down by a good hefty amount. I am a firm believer that whoever gets hired at Auburn, Lord praise it's not Hugh Freeze, whoever gets hired at Auburn needs to keep Cadillac like somewhere on that staff. The kids love him, the the boosters love him. The like and that's what if Auburn swings and misses on about four coaches, they'll inevitably decide maybe if we give Cadillac three years, let him get his own signing class, develop his own players. And let's see what he does. Like, I'm not saying they're going to be number one in two years or they're going to make the playoffs in three. But if there's if he shows signs of improvement, keep him. Super max the date. He is a Here's man the for the people of Auburn. Yeah. I, yeah. Hey, if you if you make Robbie Ashford look halfway decent, I give you respect. <laughs> I mean, While he's injured. While he with, was injured. Like, here's the deal with Cadillac. Like, if you look at the score... You'd think, oh, Auburn lost by 22 points. They suck. Classic. And if you watch the game, completely different story. Because there were a couple things I noticed. One of which um, Jason already mentioned in the fact that, you know, this was a, a fight for Auburn. They did never backed down. They continued to, to traverse the field and score points, even if there was just field goals. But the second thing is... Robbie Ashford has improved so much in these last few weeks. Maybe not throwing, but more running. But you know what? That's okay. I know a ton of quarterbacks right now who are way better running than throwing. I mean, again, I I hate to bring up this example, but Jordan Travis went 13 for 30 in that um, Florida game, yet nobody talked about it because he ran the ball down Florida's throats. And uh, Robbie Ashford kind of did the same thing. In, in ways, in ways, not as much. But point is, he would make a lot of really good um, reads to scramble out of the pocket. He'd get a good bit of first downs. He had a couple touchdowns from that. And that was one of the reasons they have 27 points in that game, which, you know what? There are some offenses that are better than Auburn that could not say they did that at Bryant-Denny. So, props. Yeah. I Hey, you know... Cadillac is that is that guy. I, I just wish they gave him a chance. Like I just want to see this guy with a full season, like with a roster of his own and a like fully off season. I just wish. But it likely will happen. Alright, so let's go ahead and move on to a game that surprised a lot of its fan base. Let's go ahead and talk about Tennessee and Bandy. I get it. I was wrong. I picked Mandy. I was too. I was too, man. But if there's something that I noticed and take this with a grain of salt, but it's just something I kind of put together. All right. I don't think Tennessee's defensive coordinator was calling the plays that game, the defensive plays at all. 
I've seen it where the defensive backs coach, Willie Martinez, has had the chance to call defensive plays before different colleges. And when I lined those videos up right beside each other, ran the same plays, same adjustments, did them in exactly the same damn sequence. Like, first play of Tennessee's defense, same thing. Can't remember the game because it was like, I started pulling it up like third quarter. And I rewinded back because, you know, I'm a bum. Well, not really, but I just watch it on YouTube because I'm not paying for cable. <laughs> so, watched it. So, I rewinded it back. I was like, all right, he's about to drop off into coverage. And then I'd pause. I'd move over to the other video, and he does the exact same thing. I think Tennessee has figured out what their problem is, and Tennessee's actually being smart about it with early signing day approaching. They're going to wait until after early signing day to fire their defensive coordinator. And then deny every uh, national letter of intent request to leave. But that game was crazy. 56 to nothing after uh, letting Spencer Rattler just obliterate you was insane. Now, let me tell you something. Vanderbilt had all the hype in this game. Everybody thought Vanderbilt was going to win. And, you know, Vanderbilt. Well, I mean, like every like analyst did. I don't think Kirk that's true. Man. No, Kirk Herbstreit had Mandy winning. Really? Multiple people yeah. on the like, like, playoff they, committee had, like had three, Mandy winning. Three of the, yeah, three of the five of college game day all picked Mandy. Wow. They're like, oh, we saw that Tennessee's defense is just, you know, dog water. Let's go ahead and give it up to Mandy. <laughs> now, let me yeah. tell you uh, Mandy. Vandy, Mike Wright underperformed, but Joe Milton played a pretty all right game. He, he played a he played very good for his okay, situation. Okay, hold on, hold on now. No, I want to I want to make this statement. Okay, but Joe he Milton. made some really bad overthrows. Hold on, Joe is that guy? Milton was mid. Hold on, hold Milton on. was mid. Everybody's gonna put this on Milton's back like he did some. Okay, for everybody that's listening, that's a Tennessee fan. Milton is still not the answer. Yes, I'm going to come into your comment section and talk bad about him. I don't care if it's weird. He's he's not the answer. Okay, Tennessee won that game based off solely the rush the running game. They had a running back that rushed five times for 160 yards. That's on five carries. That is 30 point that's 33.3 a carry. They had a freshman go for 80 yards. That game was solely one off special teams. The defense actually playing. And Joe Milton just getting lucky every now and then. Because if you watch the game, because I rewinded and I said, you know what, I got to cover this tomorrow on the podcast. Let me watch it. And I started from beginning to end. He had a nice hookup to Hyatt, like second play of the game. But yeah, he could have had so much more. Now, that one was on the money. Hyatt just stumbled. He could have had so many more, but he just hasn't fixed his accuracy. Everybody midway through the season when he came in in crutch time was like, oh, look, he's fixed it. He's finally put a touch on it. He knows where to drop it. And then he starts versus Vandy, and he's like, yeah, all that shit that y'all saw in the middle of the season, yeah, I'm going to not do that. Okay, I'm about to throw it 15 yards in front of the receiver. You're going to get PTSD flashbacks from last year versus Pitt, and that's just what's going to happen. So Tennessee's run game, Came out and showed everybody that, you know, yes, we're a passing offense, but we're here too. So, before I I'm, bring up this point, I, like, I'm saying he played all right, like well enough to win, but he did, he overthrew him. Like, he made some big overthrows, like big. 
Like, before crazy. I bring up this point, and the like, Tennessee fans may or may not like what I'm about to say, I'm going to say this. Florida last week versus Vanderbilt. You know how many rushing yards they had the whole game? 45. The lowest, That's it. The they, didn't even crack, they didn't even crack 50. And that team absolutely dominated Jared Verse and Fabian Lovett versus Florida State. Yet Tennessee, who is not even regarded by the general college community as a rushing team, stomped them in the run game. I think they, and I think they need entire. to build upon that. Y'all may like the passing offense and the hurry up fast, but at the end of the day, Hooker was built for that system, and you are no longer going to have Hooker. So you know what? Be a run team. Go into next year and focus on running the ball because there are a ton of successful teams that run the ball more than they pass, and that really showed in this game. That's not a bad thing at all to do. I I think the fact that you are now losing your quarterback who is the most system quarterback for your team, with him gone, why not take the load off of your QB of whether it's going to be Nico or um, Joe Milton and run the ball more? That's all I'm saying. Hold on, hold on now. Tennessee fans, one, stopped a coaching hire. Two, would track plane flights to figure out who Tennessee was going to hire. What did you say? What do you mean? I said Tennessee fans. But oh, my bad. Tennessee fans would track plane flights, and you think Tennessee fans are going to let the university spend $9 million on a new toy and watch him throw maybe 100 yards a game? No. If, if Heifel comes out there with like that. a heavy rushing game next year after the boosters just threw up $9 million for a quarterback, it's over. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm talking about like in distribution to run and pass. I'm talking like a Cowboys type offense where you're majority rushing the time, but it's more like 55 45 passing. So it's pretty even, but still the majority goes to rushing. I'm just saying that when you look at the literal stats per game, you should have rushed more than pass because rushing is what opens your passing. That might give more receivers some opportunities next season to make a play because they'll be a lot more open with that rushing game really changing the dynamic of the offense. No, yeah. I 100% agree. Tennessee would be a better team if they ran the ball a little bit more. But next year, from what I'm seeing and what's probably going to happen, Milton's going to somehow lose his job. And as a Tennessee fan, I wouldn't be opposed to that. Like any Tennessee fan in the country could literally sit here and I'll just sit in your shoes for a minute and I'll be like, okay, you have Jim Milton. You have Taven Jackson, the first quarterback that Hypo recruited. He's built. He's another system quarterback, just like Hooker. Give him a shot. He didn't yeah. play against Vandy because he's been injured since, like, two games ago. Give him a shot. Fair enough. But let's go ahead and move on to what was our marquee matchup. Let's go ahead and move on to them Gamecocks. Now, let me we tell you something. It. We called it. We Jackson told said y'all. nothing. Jackson, Jackson said that Clemson was going to beat South Carolina, and he's not a true to God cock lover. Uh, no, I was trying to jinx. That's not true. true. You like just I didn't did know. I literally said it in the. Wait, so why would you try to jinx him? Because yeah. when I pick my team, oh, when I put when I pick my teams that I want to win. They lose. Just ask Vandry. 
Just ask Vandy. Just ask Vandy. I I, I picked what them. What do you every- mean by your team? No, I, I, the teams I pick. Uh, let's be real. It seems like you have a little bit of cock bias down in that there uh, microphone. But look, let's nah. be real. Post another fraud in uh, Clemson. Clemson Ladies. wasn't doing anything from the start. Even with Raptors yeah. sailing in the first half, they still didn't do anything. Rattler didn't even sell what you think. Rattler didn't even do as bad as you think he did. Okay, Rattler sold the product, and he literally went back and returned it. He sold it and said, you know what? I don't want to sell this anymore. Give back. there's a Clemson fan listening, I want you to realize what just happened. Your home win streak, it's gone. Your nah. playoff chances. Clemson was funny. It's gone. Uh, Guess what? Your streak Guess, against South hey. Carolina is Nothing gone. Was funnier. <laughs> Nothing was funny. Your respect. And win. What is it, gentlemen? Every single yeah, time. It's gone. He <laughs> made a bad play. He made like some miraculous 70-yard play right after in this game. It's like every single time something bad happened and South Carolina screwed up. And uh, like it, it's like he just wrote back. Like... White Every Bomba single time, we're not losing. What the hell did you just call him? Let's <laughs> call him the White Mamba. Okay, but let's got that Kobe mentality. Shut the hell up! Never say that on my damn podcast ever also, again. Also, All right, hold on, hold on, hold on, Jackson, hold on. <clears throat> As uh, another respected analyst in the amateur college sports level. I would like to induct Clemson to this very famous club. Welcome, Clemson, to the Cotton Block Hall of Fame. You joined the University of Tennessee, as in you got your playoff hopes cock blocked. Welcome to the club. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and say it. South Carolina is is going to go to the Cheez-Its Bowl or the Cotton Bowl, or no, the Cheez-Its Bowl against uh, Penn State. They're beating them, too. Win nine games. You know what? You know what? I'll, I'll, even, I'll even go on, on a limb here, boys. South Carolina is going to dominate the transfer portal this year. Next year. <laughs> I don't even know if you're serious or next not. Next year. I'm telling you this right now. Georgia, Bama, LSU, Michigan. Ohio State, they're all going down. South Carolina is a top five team. Beamer. Beamer Nation. Beamer all. (laughs) I just want to let y'all know that entire skit of us speaking was the amount of, like, just pure shit spew that we had to listen to yesterday. No, Jackson is not a fan of South Carolina. For some reason, he just leads their fan club. So after South Carolina beats Clemson... We all get this, like, we have a group chat. We all get this text. See, see, South Carolina, South Carolina's them. And then think about it. After this season, they're going to they're gonna go build the transfer portal, right? And then they're not losing anybody. So that means they're going to be a top five team in the name. I don't, I don't give a shit about Georgia, about Bama, none of them. South Carolina's going to be a top five team in the nation next year. And be 2019 LSU. Yeah. <laughs> Jackson, can you vouch on this? Did, did you say these sure. things? Okay, thank you. He's not wrong. On, he's not wrong on two of those four statements. I'll give him that. Okay, South Carolina. Yeah, they're going to go dominate the transfer portal. You have a lot of momentum built from beating 
number five Tennessee, and then next week turned around and beat number eight Clemson. You know, Shane Beamer's leading the program in the right path. He really is. Are they going to be number five or top five next year? Hell no. Not not a snowball's chance in hell. Are they going to maybe finish top three in the SEC East like they did this year? Probably. I mean, Kentucky's ass. Vandy might give them a run for its money. Florida definitely isn't doing it. South Carolina has a bright future. It's just not as bright as all of their fans hope it's going to be. Next year, this year they had the Cheez-Its Bowl. Next year, step up, baby. Birmingham Bowl. Book it. Yeah, what? <laughs> I will say. I think we go. Beamer will be I, really I think hype. We're gonna we're gonna Birmingham go visit. Bowl. We're gonna go visit a New York Birmingham? Six Bowl to see South Carolina and Georgia. Oh wait, no, you can't visit, play you SEC. You're gonna turn it. If by visit you mean you're going to turn on the New York Six Bowl game after you play in the Birmingham Bowl down in uh, downtown. See, see, uh, this is this is where, this is where you all got it wrong. This is where you all got it wrong. Okay, Shane Beamer will take that team to the Birmingham Bowl. He's <laughs> going to beat whoever the hell they're playing. Right, right. Birmingham and the Bowl Committee. TSA, watch out. The, the people <laughs> that run the Birmingham Bowl will have no choice but to rename it the Beamer Ball Bowl. And they will allow <laughs> bids from only Virginia Tech and South Carolina. And that's just like an extra weekly matchup we get to watch because they never get to go to another bowl game. Shane Beamer's like, hell yeah, my name's attached to something? I'm going to sign my life away right now. Oh, God. And the funny thing is, with how South Carolina is, that very well could happen just because they're a streaky team. I mean... They got absolutely destroyed by Florida, yet they beat Tennessee and Clemson. So, you know, anything could happen. Any given Saturday. So, yeah, match props. This is the last match we have to cover. Well, we have one more, but well, I don't really feel like we got to cover that one. We all made the right pick last week. Everybody saw the stuff that me, you, and Jackson have been saying all year. I mean, Almost I'm going to be honest with y'all. I'm, I'm still liking to talk about South Carolina. I want to I wanna boost Jackson a little bit and let him know that South Carolina has earned my respect more than they did for beating Tennessee. That That's mad props. Then to turn around, go to lowercase Death Valley and beat Dabo and Clemson and ruin their win streak. You know what? Hell yeah. You got a great In their coach. playoffs. Okay, In their yeah. playoffs. Okay. But if there's one thing that I want to cover – before we, you know, sign off. Dabo made a statement before the South Carolina game. And I'm going to let y'all talk for a second while I look it up so I make sure to quote him correctly. But I'm gonna, y'all, y'all, just, y'all just carry on some banter real quick. Okay. DJ yeah. ukulele is awful. Uh, yeah, but he, he made some decent throws that wide receivers dropped, but Hey, no, you're I, just I trying to say that to make the win look better. He sucked. No, no he had like a 60-yard throw that – No, I'm, I'm just playing. He did all right. He had like a 60-yard throw that Williams dropped, and it it wasn't really him. I don't know why Clemson fans are blaming him. It was mainly that the fact that they literally lost two fumbles. We'll say one of the main things that I was impressed He, he was a big part of why they lost, but he wasn't the biggest. It was – Antonio Williams. Okay, okay. I found I found the quote. Hold on, everybody. Dabo Sweeney, after he got word of South Carolina beating Tennessee, they, as in Tennessee, 
were off a little offensively and then defensively. They weren't a great defense coming into the game, and so they kind of got behind. And, man, it was big play after big play. South Carolina just executed it incredibly well. But when you're in Tennessee's position and they're like, okay, we beat South Carolina, we beat Vandy, we're in the playoffs. You know Tennessee. They're flipping burgers at the house, having a cold drink, watching the championship weekend on the couch and wondering, what are we, three or four? Where are you going? Are we in Arizona or in Atlanta? And next thing you know, you forget to go play an an underrated team. So he wanted to make that statement about Tennessee just overlooking South Carolina. And he did just what happened. (laughs) That's the most instant karma I've ever seen in my life. You need to find a separation between um, swagger and, like, um, optimism and then delusion. You need to find a midpoint between the two. Because although you want to be excited and say, like, your team's going to be all right and, you know, we're, we're going to go far. But also, you can't just be so delusional with what your team has and think everything's just going to go swimmingly. Tennessee fans, this and, message is actually for you. Okay, you hear what he's saying? I watch the team. I love your fan base. You're so passionate. You, know you did not deserve fact, to go I'll to the playoffs this year. Other teams. There are a few other teams I want to mention on that. LSU, that statement is for you. Ole Miss. That, that statement, statement is for, for you. you. South Oregon, Carolina. That, that statement, statement is, is for, you. for you. South Carolina. Um, who are who are we forgetting? Uh, maybe. Well, no, I'm not going to say TCU. They're undefeated. I can't say that. Uh, Ohio State. That statement. Yeah, is for Ohio you. State. That statement is for you. All right, boys. Um, so we're we're done with that. We're going to go ahead and end this episode here. So thank y'all for coming out to our weekly recap. We understand that y'all only heard four people's voices. We had a lot of people out for uh, Thanksgiving, so we appreciate y'all for you know showing up, and we hope y'all had a great Thanksgiving as well. Make sure, because when this upcoming week starts, we're going to have a new article on our website dropping every day. Hopefully, if everybody will send their stuff in on time, which if not, we're going to have problems, and I'm going to turn into, I don't know, some coach, but oh well. So thank y'all for tuning in. Make sure you use our code uh, B2Sports at SeatGeek. As a matter of fact, do not use that code right now. Me and SeatGeek are about to have a long, heated phone call as soon as tomorrow approaches because they are not giving out what they said they would. Okay, We've had about four people use the code, so thank you to y'all four that's used the code. We really appreciate that. Y'all sent us screenshots, and SeatGeek's refusing to pay. So if they're going to refuse to pay, I'm going to refuse to promote any services of theirs at all. So thank you all for joining us. It's been a great episode. And as always, good morning, good afternoon, and good night from the V2 crew.